You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Another episode of Fly on the Call is here, and this time I'm talking to three out of four of the members of Guilt. For the past few years, the band has been touring around the country, releasing music mostly for the purpose of having something to promote, while working to make their debut album the best it could be. In 2020, everything they have done to this point has paid off in multiple ways. While it is bittersweet that they have not been able to tour on Ignore What's Missing, which was released back in August, the friendships, connections, and fanbase they've built up have done an amazing job of supporting the band regardless and spreading the word. Ignore What's Missing is a melting pot of emo, post-hardcore, punk, and other genres, often switching sounds and styles not just from one song to the next, but within individual songs themselves. Our discussion hits on the music, the live show, ethics, representation, and more. Enjoy. vocalist for guilt uh, my pronouns are they them and yeah um i'm ash and uh i play the drums in guilt and my pronouns are they she he and that's that's about it hi i'm tristan i play guitar in guilt and my pronouns are they them I just kind of wanted to start out by hearing a little bit about um, the MCR cover set you did for Halloween. Uh, I feel Hell like yeah. so- I feel like the songs off Bullets aren't kind of what would immediately come to people's minds when they hear about a set, but you, you really killed it, and I feel like they fit with your style so well. So what was it like kind of preparing for that and actually having the chance to play live? So for me personally, it was terrifying because out of all guilt, I think I'm the one least familiar with My Chemical Romance. <laughs> so like learning kind of like the songs that I feel like not a real fan, but like if you follow My Chem for a while, like you know, uh, was very hard because those songs are very long and they're really good. Like I ended up with a lot of songs off of those records, but it was very nerve wracking, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really put on a costume. Yeah, I would agree with like the costuming was like so much fun. I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in the Helena music video. Like <laughs> I'm in the pews of that church and I'm just like, oh, this is this is I'm real emo here. Um but I think also when you said like bullets isn't the first thing that comes to mind, I would say the exact same thing cuz I didn't think like uh I wasn't sure how people would like receive doing bullets. Um, I wasn't, I don't know like what popularity that record has within the MCR fan base. It's kind of hard to tell. 
Um, but I, I love Vampires and Honey. Those are like, those are the top two tracks off that record, mm-hmm. at least for me. So it was just a lot of fun doing that and for trying to pretend like I was Gerard Way. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think um, that like, I'm sort of on the same boat with Nico where like, I'm not super familiar with MCR. Um, and the stuff that I am familiar from is like, you know, like Black Parade, right? And never really delved much further past that. I mean, my favorite MCR song is uh, Cemetery Drive, without a doubt. But like, that's just because it's like a really, really cool drum rhythm. But I feel like the the songs on Bullets um, and the ones that we specifically did, like Honey and uh, Vampires, like fit well with the type of music that we play already. And like, it sort of fits within our aesthetic. So it was really... Uh, um, it, it like made sense to choose those songs. Uh, I'd say the one that was sort of the most out of place is I Don't Love You um, because we never do like ballady type songs, but it was really, really, it was still really fun to play. Uh, we sort of chose the set based on sort of like energy. Like we have, you know, the, 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 the riff from Vampires, like, oh shit, um, you know, starting with that. And then um, sort of like, more aggression and then I don't love you is like sad and then Helena just kind of ends it and everybody's like oh fuck yeah because like that was MCR's last song that they did (laughs) the only one that matters yeah Yeah. I would say that Ash had the biggest like Ash definitely had to like do the most here I think out of all of us in terms of like uh preparedness and stuff because Ash doesn't ever front like this is I mean they have a couple times but this is like it's kind of new, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I mean, this is, I would say yes and also no, just because I practice like I'm Gerard Way every day. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just be like, time to go make just my Just always dresses. ready for this moment. Yeah. If I'm ready for Gerard Way to be like, hey, kid, like, I, I just, and I'm like, I'm, no, I'm here. I'm like, let me just, please, let me be you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure after that, he's going to be like, absolutely not. Anyways, uh, but I, one of the things is that remembering lyrics I will remember them when I'm listening to a song when I hear the vocals but without the vocals I'm like oh yeah I don't know what words are anymore (laughs) there could be a lot of phrases going on here and I have no idea what it is yeah I'm definitely the same way as that (laughs) yeah that was that was difficult I was just listening to I was just looking at the words and I was like I have to pretend like I can read right now okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, from what I can tell, you have like a very kinetic stage presence and, you know, really have like focus on interaction with the crowd as well, which I feel like is somewhat of a lost art in a way and something that like even shined through on like the morning side session that you did. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about like that live show and, you know, what you want the experience to be? Um, So like, I think as long as I've been in almost like three years now, um, there's been like a big sense of like importance in uh, entertaining as well as like playing music, which like when we played live shows was really apparent in like a lot of the chaotic that we kind of like put into just doing what we do. And I think it's in a way to kind of like help people that are listening to our music to like feel comfortable with you know doing whatever they wanted and also like kind of just expressing our music in a way that like also deals with the emotions of the music I guess 
and uh, in terms of like doing uh, live sessions because it's been a very uh, new process for us so it's been kind of interesting to like navigate doing stuff in a very closed space that is also like not live and is also like us being entangled in like so many wires and stuff so there's like sometimes only so much that we can do um but it's been interesting to navigate it's definitely like a a a different thing for us uh coming from being like touring musicians but it's been something that you know we think is important to adjust to considering the state of the world things aside yeah, I would, I want to tack on to that also with like, uh, I think a lot of people, like when we're up there, like, you know, like Nico and Tyler, like they'll get into the crowd um, and we're all just like kind of screaming the entire time, just like ambiguously just screaming in between songs as well. But um, like there was a show we had played in, in my hometown in North Connecticut and uh, my friends like that I was, went to school with were like wow that looked like it was really cathartic and in my head I was like you should do that too like it's it is it's it really releases a lot of energy and I feel like a lot of people feel that and it makes them like like uh comfortable to also be like I can let my guard down a little bit and like just kind of relax um and the live session was definitely like yeah it was very new it was just I've never done anything kind of like that before. I mean, maybe like a few other times, but it was just like, I didn't know what level of energy to have that was reasonable to show on camera. That was just kind of like, uh. It's hard to have a, like a, it's hard to put out energy, like an energetic performance when it's like, you know, you're doing it to no one it, it's weird it feels it feels weird it feels like an act when it's normally a very normal thing for us to you know uh like scream and do all that stuff that is you know really cathartic and uh but when it's just cameras and you don't have like that sort of interaction with other people um it's a whole different thing and i think with you know the way uh this whole year has been um it's a, I think even getting back into live shows, it's going to be like an adjustment trying to get, not get back to that energy, but just sort of learn how to navigate with it. Like live shows in general are going to be a whole fucking experiment until it gets back to where it was. And, you know, obviously with caution, but uh, yeah, I mean, ever since the band started, um, I'm, I'm one of the original members, Tyler started the band. And uh, I mean, pretty much every single night I used to like jump off drum sets and I every night I'd have like fingers bleeding, strings breaking, all this other stuff. Uh, and it's Nico's uh, sustained some injuries too. And so is Ash. Uh, it's been, yeah. it's, it's pretty wild and it's, it's fun as hell. I miss every second of it. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get back there, but yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know how, how to translate that into live streams. It's, it's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you get, I think the, like, the guild session was kind of one of the best ones that I've seen, actually. Like, the Wonder Years have done a Thanks. couple, and I've really enjoyed those, but um, Thank you. as far as, like, the energy, like, I feel like you really nailed it, for sure. <laughs> uh, it was definitely okay. very interesting to play with Mass the first time. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, members almost die. And <laughs> trying to do it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, just I can imagine that would be a very like, sweaty experience. Oh, definitely. The sweatiest. God. Yeah, it was just like, I was like, I'm breathing water. This what more water than normal. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I've seen it mentioned before that kind of like the initial drive behind recording and releasing music was kind of to justify touring. Um, and I'm curious, kind of like, what is it about, you know, the tour, the travel that kind of like pulls you to the road? Um, I feel like it's just kind of the the way that we see musical is just like we really much uh, like doing things DIY. We like um, booking shows, going to places, like making new friends, making new connections. Like we really value uh, making like genuine friendships. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been one of the best things to like, just know that in every single state, like quite literally almost every single state we have like a friend or somebody that we could always like hit up if we're in the area and I don't think like personally I would trade that for anything the way that um that I guess guilt just navigates towards traveling um and and doing stuff like that but I don't know I at least for me I guess that's kind of where I where I uh come from with that question yeah um like the feeling of like seeing people again is so cool it's like oh my god it's been months since i saw you but i get to just catch up on our conversation like that we had last time and i'm like that's just that's just really surreal and um i just get you just get to meet new people kind of like nico said like it's just uh really cool to keep making these connections and just finding all these people that are just really cool and also i've just never wanted to really be in one place for more than one (laughs) period of time so I like going anywhere really uh concerts make it better because it's just being surrounded by that feeling I've always been familiar with I think I I would agree with everybody that it's like making like friendships and like genuine human connection is amazing but we'd also probably I, I I think I could be wrong but I think Tyler would also probably like to point out like sort of like the the history of like um booking stuff in St. Augustine and just around like Florida's really really hard to get out of. Thankfully we're at the northeastern tip so we can tour out pretty easily. We have to go through Georgia, but like it's um it can be it can be a challenge to be a band in the in the uh southeast um whereas a lot of major um bands and connections, I mean you think of places like you know, Chicago or like uh, New York or um, uh, Philly, especially, especially Philly. My mind immediately goes to Philly. Like the word DIY, I just think Philadelphia. <laughs> but, you know, we got to travel out for that stuff to meet these, to meet like our inter- friends in like bands over the internet that we see on Twitter. And it's like, damn, I would love to play a show with you one day. But like, no, we're serious. And we have to book like a month's tour to get there uh, for the gas <laughs> to be worth it. But yeah, making genuine friendships, but also like, it's part of like how how we see um, being successful as a band in terms of like, you know, being able to sustainably do this and make uh, gas money and stuff, but like also like have people listen to our music, you know, be able to share our music with people. We have to, we got a tour. It's been the best way so far for us anyway. 
Yeah, I, I feel like with, you know, all the touring that you've done leading up to the release of the album, you know, you built up kind of like a lot of good faith, which seems like it kind of has really paid off, you know, despite the fact that you haven't been able to tour on Ignore What's Missing yet. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and kind of like how, you know, the release has played out for you? Well, um, this has been kind of like our first, like, big release. It's our first, like, full-length album. And we originally were debating, like, when we wanted to release it. And it got to a point when it figured that with COVID, like, happening and everything, that we, like, kind of just had to go for it. And not really being signed to, like, like a big label. Like, everything is relatively DIY um, on our end. It was kind of like stepping into new territory that I think all of us were on. And uh, it's been like a lot of trial and error kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work. But I think overall the reception, um, a lot of our friends and a lot of people that um, kind of just like follow us on social media have like messaged us and talked to us about the record. And we had a lot of like whole right as well, which has been really cool to just see people um, listen to like, like years of us like cultivating uh these songs and kind of just like deconstruct them and and tell us and the reader kind of where they come from when they listen to our songs it's been a mixed bag of like a lot of different things but overall it's been reception so it's been it's been really nice yeah i uh i think with everything going on in the world it was kind of like we kind of have to like just be we got to put it we can't keep waiting um for the world to be on a different note (laughs) um but when we did put it out I was like really nervous because I just haven't ever like been a part of a release like this um so I didn't know what to expect but I think like to amplify what Nico was saying about like the how DIY it was like it like Nico was sending a lot of like you know emails out to everyone and like doing a lot of that legwork and knife punch uh the label that we are assigned to at the moment um was also helping us with our merch and the uh, pre-order sales and everything and I think with all that in mind like it just uh it felt truly cool to watch that being like natural like happen naturally and see that response and it was I from what I've heard it's all been very positive I haven't heard anything otherwise um but uh it's been it's just been really interesting to watch how that happens and now that it like we couldn't tour on it uh that we just were like hey everyone's at home so like here's something to do (laughs) listen to a record um yeah I thought that was like really interesting to watch how different that was I'd be interested to hear what Anthony Fantano thinks of our record even if it's a four <laughs> but, um, <laughs> even if Anthony Fantano says that it's the worst thing that he's heard I just I want to at know least he's heard it right he thinks but yeah um it can't be like it can't really be understated enough how much like work Nico has done for the promotion of this but like it's it was I mean like everybody has already said it it, uh this is like sort of our first big release and it's uh we were flying blind for a lot of it and we were asking for advice from other um 
from other musicians for for a lot of stuff we'll reach out to like our peers um and friends who maybe have already done this before and you know we try and figure out the best options for stuff and uh it was hard like originally we were trying to like <laughs> emailing like epitaph and like <laughs> and stuff and it's like god that would have been so sick but like at this it came to a point where realizing that like working with the with an independent label like our 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 friend Danny um who runs Knife Punch along with uh Kevin but um a close friend of ours like working with our friends and like working and talking to reviewers who's like like reviews we like like we like their writing it was it was super super cool to like um have what's the saying like have all your hands in the pot like you know like have total control of what you're releasing and making and uh that was it was a really cool experience it was uh it's 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 a lot it's it's a lot and you have to have a team to do it i wouldn't (laughs) ever do this alone but like yeah (laughs) diy baby (laughs) yeah actually like um in college i went to college for music industry and you know my first i had to do two internships and the first one that i did was kind of like a self-made internship i worked with this local band called the foresters who they had um like sent in their album for the student run record label that I was a part of for their consideration. And that didn't end up going through, but I really enjoyed it and, you know, believed in the band and I wanted to help them out. So I, I ended up kind of doing like PR for the album kind of independently, like teaching myself DIY. So I've definitely connect with that, especially the way like when Nika reached out to me, you know, I always enjoy a personalized pitch from a band, you know, that shows that, you know, you're thinking about yourselves and you're also thinking about who you're talking to and, you know, just really putting that extra thought into it. It can be scary cold emailing. Yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, do a little bit of background research on who you're talking to. (laughs) Go with it. Because at the end of the day, you never really know like the connections you'll make from just reaching out to like anybody, no matter if you think it's like a shot in the dark. I've been like, thoroughly surprised with the amount of like progress that I've anyone for sure I actually have to have a google calendar now to like (laughs) for stuff like this so it's wild that's a step in the right direction (laughs) yeah and it's awesome because like you know I mean I don't know you but I really enjoy talking to you right now this is fun otherwise I would just be like uh trying to get everybody to play a game of among us or something (laughs) like just being bored in my room like this is really cool for sure yeah and i mean with diy ethics kind of being like such a key tenant of the band you know and like you said the way you've been reaching out to people and the way you tour the way you know your kind of advocacy and stuff where does that kind of come from and do you have any kind of like tips for bands who are looking to do something similar Mm -hmm. um Well, for me, I guess I've always been drawn to, like, the punk scene. Um, I kind of grew up just listening to a lot of punk music, and eventually I started going to a lot of DIY shows, um, and I always wanted to be a musician. Um, Having, like, severe mental health at an early age, I never thought I was, like, capable of a lot of things, Um, but amazingly enough like being around the DIY community early age uh, support and kind of just uh, gave me the tools and like resources to kind of 
do things myself and to like get out there and, and do things that I never thought I would be able to do. And um, I really think that like finding a community of who are doing the same thing as you're doing, um, reaching out to like activist groups that you really like, like what they're, you know, doing really helps uh, kind of helps you and helps people around you to kind of just like better yourselves and better the people around you. And for me personally, it's just been like being a part of these communities has helped me just do things that I never thought I'd be able to do. And, and also being in groups that have like a lot of political views. It's also helped me, you know, like understand um, things that I wasn't privy to beforehand. It also helped me like go to a lot of protests and do a lot of like community activism and stuff like that. And I think that's also what we try to be very vocal in our band about because if, you know, you have a platform, no matter how big or small, it still has the ability to like, change people's opinions or to educate somebody or to give somebody a different perspective. I think that's super important, um, especially in punk music. I've, I've seen a lot of discourse about some people thinking that punk isn't political and that punk is just like this like genre and, and punk is specifically <laughs> political. It's always been political and like politics isn't just about like voting for someone it's about like taking care of your community it's about like uh doing like outreach it's it's about so many different things and and i think that the most punk thing you can do is just be like somebody that takes care of your community and takes care of the people around you yeah it's, it's going off on a tangent but that's a it means a lot to me just everything about all that yeah, I, I think, like, just for me personally, at least, like, before I joined this band, I was also kind of like, how do you do anything? How do you do that? I don't know. This seems very scary, and I'm just going to cry about it. But I learned a lot being in this group, and um, because it's it's kind of like, like, uh, having this community and being a part of this community is there's there's a lot more than just being like well I'm here it's like there are things that you should be doing and also things that could interest you that you might want to do um you know like uh I didn't really go to like any DIY shows um I was I'm not gonna name the bands but I was just always seeing like metalcore acts and like big venues um and because there really wasn't like a scene in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, which is where I was like, how do you do anything? It was I was in a high school band that was just like, yes, we'll play at our teen youth center and just do that for the next like two years. But uh, then I joined this band and I realized like, you know, there's ways to be a part of helping out your local venues or like your local DIY spots or people who make zines and uh, people who, you know, do merch or, you know, even just helping, uh, like, uh, places that do donations and all that stuff, whether it be food or clothing, um, there's, like, a lot to get involved in, and it's all about just, like, what, uh, what you are willing to do, I think, as well. I think everybody summed it up the best, <laughs> but, like, just, I guess, a, a, a broad statement on what everybody else has said, because that's it, I mean um is 
if you're isolated, if you're trying to do stuff alone, you, it's, it's going to be really, really hard to build your ethics, right? Because the idea of ethics is, you know, how you like relate to other people and how you respond to certain situations. Well, you need other people to respond to certain situations. Communication and community, you know, they have the same prefix or whatever the fuck you want to, or I, what, I can't remember what it's called. The main, the main word of it, right? The root, the root <laughs> word. Yes. Um, they got the same thing going on, you know, commune or, you know, together. Like, uh, and that's, that's what it is. If you're going to be a part of DIY, you have to be a part of a community, a group of people. That doesn't mean that everybody on Twitter is in the same damn DIY community. That means the people that you <laughs> interact with directly. And then, you know, of course, the people that you interact with online, of course, uh, it's important to still, you know, foster like healthy relationships with those people. But like doing your part in talking with other people, being active in like what's going on around you, working with people, working together. That's, that's, uh, that's like DIY ethics 101. Um, and that's how you build ethics uh, in, in, my, in my experience, working with people. Yeah, and I mean, kind of apart from that side of things, it seems like also, you know, the simple fact that you as a band are, you know, representing like marginalized groups through your music is something that, you know, people seem to really connect with. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about, you know, the role representation plays in, in the band and the way you present yourselves. Well, I guess for starters, like I, uh, not that there was anything necessarily wrong with this, but uh, when I first started to go to shows, I noticed that there was a lot of cis dudes uh, that were playing music. And uh, there was always kind of like a weird feeling that I got with the idea of like playing with them like like doing music alongside them like it always seemed like they didn't want part of that and so for a while like I kind of just attended shows and I thought about it a lot I I showed a lot of interest to a lot of those people but I felt like I could never really uh do music alongside them and then I remember I was like at a show and I just saw this like um person specifically they were a femme person and they were doing guitar um and i was like mind blown like i was so in awe of this person and i was so like excited that there was like somebody that was different and and it made me feel like you know i could also do something like that and eventually that person and i became friends and they were like hey do you want to like start a band and i was like yes and I was terrified but like we did it and we we played music together and every we would like get together and practice and we wrote a couple of songs together and we never actually ended up playing a show but I would like to think that that uh gave me a lot of motivation and it made me feel like in a small way like I was represented and I ended up getting like that kind of feeling that I, I could do something like that. And I ended up being in a band and I ended up playing shows and I ended up playing shows to like a lot of people. Uh, it was something that I never thought I'd be able to do and seeing more and more representation in communities and in bands and stuff like that is something that's so and so awesome. And uh, I 
always hope that I can be that for somebody else. And I've had multiple instances where I've had people come up to me and say, like, you playing music has given me the inspiration or motivation to like get a guitar, get a bass guitar to like start writing my own stuff. And like it's still thinking about that to this day is like very mind boggling to me because I would never like imagine myself as that person for somebody else. But it's it's the little things like that. They really do make a difference. Oh, that is, yeah. Like I was just thinking in my head, like uh, just growing up and being, I didn't, I had a lot of bands that I really liked, but I didn't have any bands that had uh, people that looked like me or just, um, anyone uh that even showed that they cared and i i mean i was younger so i at the time i was just like that's fine and then i grew up and i was like no that was not fine um but uh i think it's um important because it really like i just being as like a kid going to these shows i would feel safe sometimes like i wouldn't i would feel like people like you were saying like i just wasn't welcome it just there have been times where people have said things to me at, but I was at like a metal core show. So I'm not expecting any better, I guess. Um, but, uh, it was just, I don't know. It was just, uh, I think it's just, it's definitely important. A lot of people I think like to gloss over representation and they don't think it's necessary or that it's vital. Uh, but it is because it makes people, you know, they, it makes them go back and they go, okay, yeah, 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 like, this is, I can do, I can, I can put my foot in this as well, like, I can also do this, um, too, and, you know, uh, one of the hurdles I had was also trying to not be put in the box of, like, oh my god, you're, you're like a black femme drummer, and I'm like, (laughs) the thing, like, I, it's it's a, it's a, like, a double-edged sword almost, because it's, like, um, I it, like don't tokenize that, um, and don't like like people be kind of silly and forget to like just be normal and decent when you're regarding someone um, in that sense. So I think um, like being able to be myself and just do that, I think, is the best um, thing. I think for myself and just for anyone else, instead of trying to pretend like I'm not, if that makes sense. <laughs> for sure. To people that don't know us or follow us on our personal sort of social medias, you know, I'm to someone who wouldn't know my pronouns. I am, I pass as, you know, a cis white male. Right. And I am super, super aware of that. And because of, you know, in doing so, like, I feel my place in this band is I'm like beyond proud to like amplify, you know, the voices of like the rest of my bandmates who um, are a part of like marginalized communities and, uh, and just kind of like learn from that. Like I've learned a lot of stuff about like uh, Latin um sort of culture from Nico and uh and also like I've been um more aware especially more so this year than like any other year just because of a lot of I'm getting much more into politics this is the first year I've ever been able to uh like vote in like a in like a federal election and like 
all that stuff. And, you know, just, just given the events of the year, it's been a lot. So there's been a lot of, a, a fuck ton of learning that um, I and hopefully a lot of like other white people do. And people who are non-political who are like starting to like, you know, sort of get into it. There's, um, that's, that's where I sort of feel comfortable is like serving as just a, serving as like a, an amplifier to um, uh, other, other people's voices. Then in terms of like the non-binary thing, I learned a lot and I think we all have about like, all right, about who we are as people from touring and from being in this band. A lot of my identity I've found off of conversations of other people and just learning like how to, how to socially interact with people. I'm not, I wasn't super social before uh, doing DIY stuff. So yeah, the, the, the non-binary, like my identity is like a more personal thing to me, but like in, in, uh, in ethics as a whole and like representation of, uh, and how we show that in our band, I'm, I'm super comfortable with being a, uh, uh, learning and, um, supporting and, uh, doing what I can to like, make sure that, uh, you know, people's voices are heard. And also, I guess it's important to talk about the representation of mental health. Nico does a really cool thing when we were at shows where they uh, made zines um, called Sometimes I Get Nervous on Airplanes. That was like helpful tips for people. And I remember that like people fucking love those. We got, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Nico has gotten like emails about it and stuff. And then also this is like a throwback and not necessarily a marginalized community by any means, but I used to make a vegan cookbook and sell it on tour for, for <laughs> vegan people. Uh, but that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. That's not really about uh, representation uh, like that that much. But yeah. True. I definitely connect with what you're saying about kind of like just expanding kind of, you know, your circle and, you know, being a voice to amplify. Like that's, been something that I've tried to do with this podcast and the little over a year that I've been doing it like diversity has always been a priority for me like from when I was first writing down notes about what I wanted the show to be like that was one of the priorities and I I joke that you know if I could I would edit myself out of the podcast and just have it be you know let the people who I'm talking about their voices shine so I definitely connect with that real quick there's a important um there's an important thing that uh that just came to mind a quote i can't remember the exact quote but the gist of it is it's it's from a a local drag artist here in um in jacksonville florida her name is bb deluxe and uh she's absolutely fantastic she's a sort of um a uh, a figurehead in sort of the lgbt community in jacks but anyway it it's about uh there's a difference between like tolerance and inclusion we're not trying to tolerate people of different uh of different you know types whatever that may be uh it's inclusion it's a it's uh everybody doing shit together yeah and i i I, that's just an important point to bring up i don't know like i i doubt that you have any like 40 year old republican dads listening (laughs) but like maybe you do maybe you do but there's a difference between tolerance and inclusion (laughs) hell yeah that's sick that's a good we it's 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 good to have family as like a support sometimes. <laughs> we get we get harsh critiques from family members on our music. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also like kind of jumping off that, I kind of wanted to talk about the idea of 
you know, using art and music to kind of address concepts and get messages across that aren't really quite as easily, you know, represented with spoken or written word alone, you know, kind of like the added emotion um, based on like the tone and the sound. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and how that, you know, comes into play with the band? Oh, that's going to be a little bit of a difficult one for me because Tyler is actually the one that writes most of the music, like in terms of the structure and the lyrics. But as far as I know, (laughs) a lot of uh, our subjects material is about kind of a lot of things, really. And and there's never really a song that's just about one thing. It kind of also goes into different things. And I think that's the cool thing about art in general and then writing that type of way is that I've had so many people come up to me um, while we were touring and stuff and get such different things from like songs that they heard that like just thinking about it like thinking about my person a certain song I wouldn't have gotten from that and uh, a lot of our subject matter has to do with religion Um, a lot of it has to do with interpersonal relationships Um, death uh is is a big theme and 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 in different ways kind of like uh losing a person in in literal ways or figuratively and and kind of just like the feelings that go with that and then we also have songs that just we have a song that we play a lot that that's specifically about censorship uh, in the um like female body and and how it's unfair, you know, the the way that people are perceived not wanting to be perceived a certain way and and it just so happens. And uh also LGBT topics. We talk a lot about that as well as uh like body and gender dysphoria. And it's really like a, a big spectrum of things, but I think with all that being said, it's kind of cool to know that everything kind of can branch out into different things for the listener. I uh, uh, I also agree with that, that like the songs kind of cover a wide uh, variety of topics. Um, as the drummer, I, uh, you know, usually I like uh, don't hear what's going on <laughs> until when we were recording and I was like, oh, that's what we're saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually, I really like a lot of the things like now, you know, I'm, I know what we're talking about and the lyrics and all that stuff. Um, I like a lot of the uh, lyrics in Guilt. Um, I think they are, I, I always have a really weird relationship with bands whenever their songs are like way too on the nose or it's like, I like really vague <laughs> and I like, you, you could put it to any situation really. And I, I think with this, with this record especially, um, these songs almost kind of feel like it just sums up the band's message as a whole. Uh, it kind of covers every topic we kind of really wanted to talk about, um, or even songs that we put out before and after this uh, LP release um, also covered other topics as well. I think it's just really cool to kind of feel like the band has a almost like a sentient voice it does. It, it, that was a wow. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it. It's almost like it's this sentient being that is like, yes, this is this is what I have to say. So, yeah. I think. Well, 
like Nico said, Tyler sort of brings like the skeleton of the songs to us. And for when it comes to the, uh, and they're the main um, sort of songwriter without a doubt. And like, uh, but during the writing of this LP, a lot of it we tracked while on the road. Um, not, the, not the actual recording, but like the demos um, into Tyler's laptop on GarageBand. I mean, we really sat and thought hard, like in like Starbucks's and libraries and wherever else you can be for free um, and not get pestered um, across the country, uh, listening to bands, trying to figure out things that we want. And how also how to like merge each other's sort of like musical tastes into, you know, what we uh, what we want this like end product of this, the, our first LP to be. But you could say like figuratively, a lot of like uh, a lot of the sound, not not so much lyrically, but a lot of the sound um, was sort of built off of like in like tones and moods was built off of the experiences that we had on the road a lot of. A lot of really, uh, just a lot of stuff happened. I, w- I wouldn't even say like that. It was just so much overwhelming is a word um, mm. for it. But um, one thing that I really, really like about Gil and that I find is uh, interesting in the in the music um, is a lot of people have called it like genre bending, but we don't like, we, it's more more likely that we won't stick to one genre within a song and the song structures are like, are wacky like it's there's uh so many like the end of um children of animals just goes into like this like crazy ass like uh like hardcore and blast beat thing um it's fun it's really really fun and uh, i think that lends to like the catharsis but um or like that cathartic feeling that people mention but like the the lp writing uh was done over over the course of months of touring and also when Tyler originally brought it to us, but like the, um, the song structures and sort of the, the, the way it's performed is like what I feel like makes uh, a, a significant like portion of why we're like kind of unique genre wise. Um, mm-hmm. It's because there's a lot of different sounds and we're pulling from a lot of influences too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely something that, like, I connect with. Like, I I love that the last, you know, few years, genre really is breaking down even more so. And, like, Finally. it's just becoming, like, a free-for-all. And people can do whatever they want, and it'll find an audience, which I really love. And um, yeah, I was listening to uh, Justin Insight podcast, and he mentioned how kind of, like, all the songs on the album had kind of like roughly the same number of streams, which, you know, kind of points to the fact that people are taking uh, Ignore What's Missing and as like a complete piece of art. Uh, And I was curious if that's something that you kind of like hoped for and, you know, how you've kind of seen people connect with it so far. So I think uh, we definitely, I mean, personally, not having a lot of experience with creating music, let alone like a record, um, we definitely wanted to make it like a I guess a journey where it kind of has these set moods specifically to kind of take you through this like path of in my understanding of like I guess loss like the different emotions of of going through that like acceptance because anger and then it also kind of sparks from different things like politics and relationships and loved ones passing and and stuff like that and I think um, we tried very hard to 
make it an experience for the listener. And as somebody that is, unfortunately, do not sit through an entire album and just like pick apart my favorite song from an album and put it on my, it was very difficult to kind of get into that headspace. But um, I think just like anything, something that you have to spend a lot of time uh, curating and um, it was really cool. And we're actually working on another LP and we are trying to do that as well. We're trying to create songs with an idea of flowing into the other one to kind of give it like this seamless transition that is an idea rather than just like 12 songs put together. I, uh, yeah, I would say I'm on the other end where I like whole album front to back, like album order is so important <laughs> to me. <laughs> I like, when I listen to the, the Three Cheers, for Sweet Revenge, I like I could not imagine that album being played in uh, like I couldn't imagine them putting those songs in any other order than the final order. And uh, I think it's really cool that the album is being like taken in as a whole album um, because I feel like it it's almost like stepping into a different world for a few seconds and then like stepping out like you know what I mean? like yeah it. It feels really cool that I, it's a shared experience for a lot of other people that it's not just like, oh, yeah, I know Flowers, but like there's like a few other songs on there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I like looking at bands as their albums um, because I also really like albums that tell stories or albums that have a, like a one giant theme that's going on the entire time and it's in, in, uh, connected between each song. I really, I really enjoy that. It's almost like a, like a storybook of sorts. For me, when I like sort of started in, in music and like listening to bands and uh, like really developing an interest in it past just playing like Guitar Hero when I was 12, uh, is like I started listening to like DIY bands. And the difference between, or at least what I thought, the difference between a DIY band and a band who really made it is that DIY bands put out EPs and bands that actually make it put out an LP. So I thought of like full albums as like this like huge milestone of like, oh shit, that band's made it. And bands that put out EPs, that's what I was listening to. I wasn't really listening to many singles, but like listening to like a four or five song collection felt like just like the perfect amount of, of songs versus like uh, one of the few CDs I had was like... Uh, um, uh, Nickelback's, um, uh, this is how you remind me or whatever the name of that album is. <laughs> and along with like a black eyed peas CD or whatever, I had awful taste. Um, <laughs> that's subjective, but anyway, um, like really the first band that I listened to that was like, like DIY band, or at least I would consider that was like a full album was like die on Mars from Callous Cowboys. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, because we know them. We're, like, friends with them. And I was like, that means that we can make this. And then we did, and it, it feels really cool. But since listening to, like, the Callous Cowboys released that LP is when I've actually started listening to, like, full LPs from, like, bands within our realm. We're not a mathcore band like them, but, like, that, that sort of, like, you know, seeing my friends make that made it feel uh, possible listening to a full album I think is like a 
it's a it's like a sacred thing that you do with a band you love I, I think or like a cult band but mm-hmm. like true um so it, yeah it's it's really cool that people are I didn't really know that um that's really cool that people are listening like sort of like consistently through it that that, that makes the uh the, the art feel super appreciated. That's cool. Yeah, it definitely warms my heart. I'm very much, very much an album person. So I, I love when I see, you know, full albums connecting with the band <laughs> or connecting with fans. I mean, hell yeah. yeah. Neat. But and, definitely the odd one out in this band when it comes <laughs> to that. Yeah. And I mean, Tristan mentioned before how, you know, uh, Guilt's music doesn't necessarily kind of like fit the conventional like verse chorus verse song structure and yes. kind of like play around with different forms of repetition and you know obviously different genres and everything um i'm curious how that kind of like plays into i know you mentioned that tyler's like the main songwriter but how does that kind of like play into the the writing process and the, the song formation tyler finds a funny synth on garage band <laughs> <laughs> yeah um- yeah, Tyler can, like, Tyler is one of people that can just create something in thin air. Like, Tyler will hear, like, a note, and it will, like, inspire them to create an entire song in, like, an hour. It's it's a skill that I cannot even comprehend. But because of that, uh, Tyler writes a lot of music that kind of switches up a lot and I would say like if you're trying to follow the formula for like like specific genres I would say that we definitely stray away from that and that is um one of the hardest things I think if you're somebody that just like started listening to us or especially in a live situation because like I've I've quite literally seen people like start to get into our music and then all of a sudden we change into something really slow and sad and like very like low key and then I see the confusion in their eyes when they're like okay now I'm just like slowly bobbing my head and I think it's cool like when you see somebody that like kind of knows how the song is and, and they kind of go along with that but I can definitely understand it being confusing and I think uh, a lot of the times we do that because I guess the music for us is more about like art instead of like following a formula and I, I definitely think that that could be like seen as something that doesn't necessarily make our music palatable for everybody and um I think, you know, some people recognize that and some people make very, like, formulaic songs and, you know, just want to make art that quite literally could be very difficult for most people to listen to, but, like, it makes them happy. So I think it's a either, like, a good middle ground of finding a balance between the two or just, like, saying fuck it and just doing what you want to do. Like, if you just want to make money, like, make formulaic songs. If you just want to make, like, art that you feel good about, like, do whatever you want to do you know and and none of them are like interchangeable either or and and be successful like we've seen that a lot in uh different bands but i guess that's where we come from at this point yeah i was also just gonna say that like almost every day in our group chat tyler's like i have a a new song i made yeah (laughs) it's like how like i don't I I look at music and like music, I took music theory in my senior year of high school. And not only do I not remember any of that, but also was it so complicated? It was so complicated. I could not grasp a handle on like, you know, like how to end up, 
melody line or something. It was just a lot. And so um, when it comes to like creating a song, like I'm, I, you know, I just, I just play the drums and I try to take it from there of like, I am given like, here's like a drum beat for this song. And then I'm like, okay, I'll play it. And I think that's just like the furthest extent to my knowledge of like writing music goes. I'm still kind of like new to it in a, in a sense of like trying to figure out, like, I'm just like watching the process of how these guilt songs are formed. Um, like Tristan said earlier, like how Tyler kind of brings like the backbones of the song uh, to the group and seeing like the different genres that are at play is also really interesting, but it's a whole other world. Cause I'm also just, I guess I don't know music genres. The only one I can really tell is metalcore. That's about it. <laughs> I think it's interesting how um, I, I I work as a music teacher. Um, it's what I it's what I do, and I love theory so much and figuring it out. But the thing that I give kudos to Tyler for is like in the production of like these songs is. Um, they're not thinking about theory like whenever we're like in in the let's say we're trying to like figure out an old song we haven't played for a while and we're trying to like figure out the rhythm guitar part or the bass line or whatever it's not oh this is out of key or oh this you know this uh let's let's try this minor or whatever this major or whatever it's <laughs> good note or bad note is this good note or is this bad note <laughs> and i think and that's awesome i think that 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 um simplicity of good bad um allows for like to be like really really creative and um sometimes it ends up in a really cool demo and sometimes it ends up in something really weird that maybe has potential or maybe doesn't but it's way sick than following like a verse chorus verse chorus pop punk song like in my opinion it's it's so it's it's so cool to be a part of the creative team for that Maybe not as a listener, like like Nico said, it can it can be uh, some some I would say some of our songs can be kind of like uh, not e- like e- not easily followable, um, and that's that's totally fair. Um, but like that's a that's that's sort of like a a give and take. Like who are you writing for? Like some of these songs we pull from like Me Without You a lot, and Me Without You is fucking weird, <laughs> and we're happy to embrace that. I think that's really cool the way you kind of said that, like. Theory is definitely something that goes way over my head. So it's, it's nice to know that that's not necessarily like the end all be all in the writing process. <laughs> no, no, you really just need to know what you like. You need to know if it's good or if it's bad and then boom, that's it. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I always kind of like to wrap up the same way, uh, which is by, you know, asking for either a piece of advice that you have or, you know, something you've been thinking about, something that you've been kind of connecting with lately, whatever it kind of is that's been on your mind that you would like to share. I'm, I'm just going to say my first piece of advice is stop looking back at pictures of you from like five to 10 years ago. It's just stop. Just don't do it. It's not going to help you. Just ignore that it ever happened. Um, and also just, uh, you know, if you, like music and you hear a band and you want to do that you quite literally just can no no one can stop you from just being like i can also create this music so yeah <laughs> that's my piece of advice i've got three general pieces of advice one buy a new pair of shoes it'll feel it'll feel great two deactivate your twitter 
Just do it. <laughs> You'll feel so free. And then you, temporarily, you don't have to do it forever. Um, and then three, uh, you can join a Discord chat. Oh, true. Yeah, they're fun. Okay. Uh, but like what so I mean is like oh. you hang out with friends, like talk to your friends. Yeah, sorry. My piece of advice is um, do shit. Just even if you're <laughs> scared, just do it. Like there's Hell something yeah. very freeing about doing something and messing up, but then knowing, you know, that you did it. And even if you suck at it, like think about how it makes you feel. Like if it makes you feel great, do it again. And even if you mess up again, like keep doing it. And if it makes you feel bad, now you know that about yourself. And you don't have to do it again. So that's true. That's my advice. That's the best advice, I think. Thank you, thank you. I panicked yeah. thinking about it. Just no. do shit. <laughs> that's definitely something like I try to be the kind of person who it's like, you know, if I want to have someone on the podcast or, you know, whatever else in my life that I'm like, you know, putting myself out there for, like reaching out to someone, you know, I I try to be like, have the mindset, like the worst thing that can happen is they'll ignore you or they'll say no. And even if that happens, it's not the end of the world. And what do you know? They might say yes. (laughs) Definitely. It's good. Good. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for having us. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. Is there anything else that you've kind of been itching to get out about the album or the band that we haven't hit on? Um, We're writing? We are writing on the 27th of November. Yep. Um, we are playing the second half of our album on Knife Punch Records' Twitch channel. And if whomever is listening and wants to tune in to us singing some sad songs even sadder than the first half <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. can just go to our instagram guilt fl and we'll have all yes the, that's definitely yeah. the the gut-wrenching half especially you know the the last song on the album is one of the ones that goes the hardest for me <laughs> yeah, yeah everything's sad and then at the end there's just a knife <laughs> yeah. I tried Kamir for the first time like a few weeks ago after it was released and I was like, oh shit, this is kind of sad. And that was my conversation with Gil. I was honestly not aware of the band before the release of Ignore What's Missing, but it's been so cool to watch people connect with this record. They're certainly on the list of must-see bands once shows are allowed to happen again, and I know that will be a cathartic experience for everyone involved. The band is really something special, so please check them out. Fly on the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyOnTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyOnTheCallPod at gmail.com. DIY. You can do this too. Fly on the call. I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.